Every aspect of your e-commerce business impacts customer experience. From advertising and packaging, to product functionality, website usability, and even reliability. Your long-term growth and profitability will hinge on your ability to deliver the best experience for your buyers. And this podcast will show you how. Tune in monthly for actionable and insightful discussions with the brightest minds at the intersection of e-commerce and customer experience. Welcome to the e-commerce customer experience podcast presented by Digital Genius. I'm your host, Chris Kellner. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Digital Genius podcast, the e-commerce customer experience. Last time around, we had Gus Imhoff, head of customer experience at Avado, talking about how to make customers happy. Our guest on today's episode is Paul Davis. Paul is currently Chief Commercial Officer at True AI. Over to you, Paul, to tell us audience a little bit about what, what you do. Hey, good morning. It's nice to be speaking with you. Obviously, I noted at the beginning that we're both pavilion members, which is always uh, a good sign. So, yeah, I am uh, Chief Commercial Officer of Shoe AI. We're an interesting business because we're very international. So our head office is in Switzerland. We've got a big part of the team in Barcelona. I am actually based in the Netherlands, so Dutch wife. But it's a very international business. We've got customers everywhere from Canada, North America, UK, right across Europe, Middle East, and as far as Australia. So it's a very interesting workplace. Should I tell you a little bit about what the service does? Yeah, that would be great. A quick way of saying it is that anybody that sells shoes online, we can help them sell more shoes online. The upshot of this is really in the, maybe part of the discussion is that traditionally, or even modern e-commerce is pretty much self-service. Self-service in the shoe industry equals a conversion rate of somewhere between 1% or 2%, which is actually pretty low compared to other market segments. The thing that we've learned over being in operation for the last eight years, and actually with over 60, so six zero million shopping events that have happened and with our platform over that time, is that if you help a shopper, you are very likely to increase the, the conversion rate for shoppers that we help by a roughly three times, so a 300% increase in conversion. And if you can see that from the average conversion rate of 1% to 2%, that actually makes it feel much more healthy. And our goal really here is to provide extra customer services that allows shoppers to find the shoes they want that will fit them and are in stock. And it's really mapped against what happens in a real shoe store. Very interestingly, a lot of e-commerce right now is the self-service. Picture of the product, description, price. Pretty basic. Same as actually has been happening for probably 80 years, but on paper. And the market does seem to be evolving. It seems that people, our market is looking for uh, shoe finders. So to something to actually engage their shoppers on their e-commerce. And that's probably quite global general thing where shopping behavior has changed. Obviously, we have the pandemic, but then there are other things as well where issues in kind of stock, it seems like. Both brands and retailers either have too much stock or too little, and it's very difficult for them to calibrate that right now. So yeah, the, the world of, of e-commerce is really interesting right now. And yeah, we're, we're very happy with the direction we've taken recently. That was spot on, Paul. It's really interesting. I'd love to just, I'd love to just kind of go backwards a little bit, Paul. And you've had, you know, quite a, an amazing career so far, I guess. You know, what, what kind of brought you to working with, with Shoe AI? Yeah, I was really happy with, with the basic premise when somebody told me about it. I actually was introduced to the founder of Shoe AI by a pavilion member 
who was also a member of a separate founders company, a club called ICE. So that was really good through one of the pavilion events. But I've always been interested in uh, fashion. I've always been, I, I particularly, I do like shoes. So I've got a, a fairly decent, I wouldn't say good, but a fairly decent sneaker collection. And, you know, I, I like some of the traditional brands, people like Crockett and Jones. And, you know, I, so I've always had a fairly decent collection. And I also like, I actually like change. I think change is a good thing. I think once things start getting innovative, that means that you're being able to help people in different ways. But effectively being in sales, you need to have something where there is actually a demand where and change generally equals demand. So it was uh, it was very happy. Uh, being flown to Barcelona for an interview was quite cool as well. Yeah, and what was that? I don't know if you can share this. Maybe you, you don't know this yourself, but it's just, just such an interesting product and a, I guess a cool industry. You know, what was the story that ultimately created the product? It's fantastic. So the founder is a re- really great guy, very inquisitive, always looking. He was at university, one of, the, uh, one of his business degrees in Switzerland. And he was uh, actually, as a part-time job, he was, was a weekend job. He was working in an outdoors store. So hiking, running, those kind of things, like outdoor. And he found himself in the shoe department. And there was, and he found it very interesting the way that people were approaching buying these kind of products. People are really focused on these things. There are certain markets where people really clearly have to be focused on how this, this book is going to perform for them. And especially in some of these, maybe whether it's performance we're finding is a big thing. So maybe football boots or rugby boots or things like that, running specifically, because obviously there's a part of performance there. The outdoor segment, there's almost an element of danger where shoppers are actually going, like, you know, I might be 100 miles into the wilderness if my shoe doesn't fit. There's a big, that's a big deal. You know, that can actually have, a, have an effect. So people are really laser focused on this. And he also noticed that there was a couple of guys, one guy in particular, who just would, everybody loved coming in and being served by this guy. And what he realized was this guy had an encyclopedic knowledge of basically comparing models to models. So if a shopper came and said, hey, I've got this model by, I've got this this shoe, this brand, this model, I'd like to try something else. What do you recommend? And he would take them through some questions, like really good. So how are you going to use it? There's all these really detailed questions about the right product. And then it would be, he would just magically bring them the right shoe size, right? And it was like, how do you know that? He's like, well, I just know how these products fit. And then looking for opportunities to start a business online, he realized that this was completely self-service. So trying to go and create that database of or that comparison to be able to say effectively, A, I can guide you to the right product. But once you're there, once you're at that point, I don't just stop and just leave you and now just let you go and shop on your own. Uh, I now will bring you the, a product that you can actually buy, which is really important. So for instance, again, if maybe the shopper needs a 44 in one, one shoe and they need a 44, three and a half and another shoe through all those 60 million pieces of shopping data we know how these products will fit in comparison to each other now what's interesting about that is that was kind of like the inception point for the product it's a really important separate part but obviously we have expanded over the years our product to be uh, both ways so a helping them find the shoe b working out what fits but also then c guiding them to add to cart so actually allowing a seamless journey which allows them to uh, buy uh, actually buy a product, which is one of the big things where the increase in conversions comes from. But yeah, I, I love that story. Of, it was a real world thing. It was a real aha moment. It's like, okay, now that's got to be a direction for, 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 for starting a business. And he's, he's stuck with it over those years. And we worked with some terrific brands. We worked with some terrific retailers. And again, all over the world. And that's kind of like a, it's a, it's a nice feeling. 
happily as well there's uh, there's kind of like we're, we're growing the business at a faster rate now which is making us feel that we are on the, in the right direction with that product market fit with uh with the services that we're offering kind of like more easily understood more easily accepted more easily deployed so yeah the, the user base is is growing nicely no, there's a lot of interesting things you said and i always love the founder story where they've mm. really felt the problem themselves and kind of evolved their business it must be something about it's interesting that you mentioned that it was founded in zurich and in switzerland so one of our kind of kind of major customers of Digital Genius on running also as kind of a Swiss footwear brand uh, that has seen kind of incredible growth. Oh, they're amazing. Over the last five years. So I guess there must be some very smart engineering going on in, in Switzerland when it comes to, I guess, footwear and then the technology that sits on top of on top of the footwear. People do seem to, that brand is very, very well admired, but on both sides of it, right, from on the business side. So obviously they're growing very nicely. The products are, are amazing, but obviously the customers like them as well. So I think that's I think they're a real success story, and there there are plenty out there. You know, the challenges for brands do differ from retailers. So retailers do seem to be helping the shopper find a shoe. So really, it's, it's quite traditional, just online. With brands, a lot of brands are changing their business model quite significantly. So a lot of brands have been indirect. So really, they make shoes and they would sell them to people who sell them for them. So the wholesale model, and it does seem like across the board, it doesn't really matter what market segment or what country, these brands are are changing their their business model to include direct consumer. And often it's quite a challenge for them. It's quite uncomfortable for them because it's not really how they they were set up. So, for instance, I was on a on a, an interview the other day. So Footwear News is a big industry uh, publication, it's probably our biggest in in in, in our segment. And I was on a call with one of their American journalists and one of our customers is a company called Le Chameau, which is a UK owned, so a rubber boot. So we obviously being Brits, we would call them wellies, but a, a rubber boot brand. And, and his conversation there about the business model change was absolutely fascinating. The, the way that they was like, okay, we just sold, we sold to retailers. We, that, they, that was our sales channel, but you know, we had to, to keep up with demands from shoppers in the way that different shoppers wanted to shop. And, you know, how do we, how do we grow our business? How do we create a relationship with those shoppers directly, and and how do we manage that in a way that is um, consistent? So that was a, it was a really interesting conversation, and I think the conclusion we reached was almost every brand now uh, who, that sells shoes will be having that conversation with themselves. It's like, how do I deal with this? How do I make this? How do I help my shoppers? What what sh- what help do they need? And then again, how do I do it consistently? So that consistent customer experience, because I think. If we look at this as from a different perspective, the older version is like, what did you do? You've got your product, which is obviously very important. You've got price and you've got promotion. So, okay, that's what you've had. And that's what you've had for hundreds of years, if not thousands of years. And actually, the difference that we can see then again is in the customer experience. Like, So if you add terrific customer experience that makes the shopping experience easier, more slick, more easy to buy, more confidence, um, you are able to affect uh, the, the relationship that you've got with your customers and actually be like, that, add that value. And some, some, we were really happy with like with the strides we made in our offering because we've got people like PwC, Deloitte, McKinsey have all been writing writing about this recently. Gartner, for instance, they've all been writing about how do you improve the relationship as a brand or an online entity with your customers, like. And sometimes promotions, i.e. constant sales, can actually devalue your brand. 
where you know people's it's a human reaction if it's something's constantly on sale and that's what you're using it's it's a wonderful thing i think everyone loves black friday but if it's being used consistently probably going to have a negative effect on your brand whereas if you go and add customer experience and you know we happen to do a certain thing but you know, there are lots of valid different ways of helping new ways of helping shoppers online if you add that ability to connect communicate guide assist if you're able to do that you can have a significant increase in not only your sales but you can also in terms of your brand perception and i think that there seems to be lots of good reasons to do that a big change for us or a big part of confidence for us was having those big organizations all very focused on the next like ecom is going to change which is again why it's such a great place where to be we feel right now because we feel it really is about to go and make some dramatic changes and I think if you look at the business, I think e-com has just grown naturally. The reason why is e-com has grown naturally over the last 20 years. Like you were going to get a, a natural growth because pe more people were going online. Looking at the studies again, in most companies, uh, countries around the world, less than 50% of the population are happy to buy shoes online. In fact, normally it's about only about 30% of the populations will are happy to buy these products online. So you, the, the amount of growth that is possible by making people who haven't haven't done these things before to actually make it easy for them, it can really aid in the growth as well. So, but that that growth won't come naturally anymore, or at least in the short term, like short term, let's say the next five years, there are some things happening around the world. But if companies are able to invest in that, they can really, they, there are still places to grow, which is really important as well. So we think there's a bunch of different things all coming together in the market right now. So probably the pandemic and then potential recession, also with kind of like the tech being maybe a little bit behind in e-com, all of those things mean there should be a there should be a shift. And as a consumer, if somebody enjoys buying online, when the experience is good, I actually welcome that. So again, we're back to the innovations part of one of the things I enjoy is like finding out new ways to help people and help people grow their businesses. I'd love to kind of dig into that point. That's a really good point that you mentioned through there about a good customer experience and your pool you're obviously very on top of that in what you do how would you define as a consumer in e-commerce a good customer experience obviously very varied i mean obviously it depends on what you're selling i mean there are different ends of the markets there are different you know in terms of prices there are different kind of uses and things like that but but really i think like whatever you're selling just make it easy to buy right and i think what makes a good experience a good customer experience is actually when Brands or retailers have thought about it from the shopper's point of view. And interestingly, I think that's rarer than people would imagine. I think a lot of businesses still think about their, their e-commerce or about from the position of the company, of the brand or the, the, the company, right? They're saying, like, what's easiest to get online? Okay. But I think speed has, a, has an element if you're launching, just launching a brand. But when you're more mature, I think having thought about what the shopper needs in order to make that decision easy and let's say even as, a, as an aspiration, actually enjoyable. So clearly you've got access to the product, which I think is really easy, uh, should be uh, really easy. Obviously with new technologies, I think you know, videos, for instance, are always good fun, especially if you've got to have some education there about maybe about the product. But one thing I found is that the big challenge for anyone selling anything online is there's the fine line between education and guidance and where does that cross over because it, there's so many things you can do i mean i've seen some wonderfully written things about 
helping a shopper, for instance, find the right size in a, in a, in a shoe. But sometimes it goes on for pages and pages. And it's like, it could take them 10 minutes to read. And then what are they going to do? So educating the shopper seems like a good idea. But actually, at some point, you should probably just give them the answer, you know, like, like, in, a, like in a real store. But I think there's a long way to go in that in terms of with people thinking about it. In brief, I would say, thinking about it from the shopper's point of view, what questions are they going to have? What information do they need? What guidance should they be given? And then making that check out as, as slick as possible. Yeah, I always break it down to kind of you know, very simple, three very simple things uh, that we often talk about at Digital Genius. Speed, quality and cost. Might be simplifying it a little bit too much, but with an element of personalization and, and some kind of personal touch to, to kind of add a bit of a flavor on top of that. If you can get that right and nail that, generally you'll be well ahead of the competition because most e-commerce brands don't do customer service very well. And I'm sure all of us as consumers, especially today with all of the challenges with supply chain and delivery, most of the time it's not going, it's not a seamless journey and it's falling out somewhere. And that's a really good opportunity for the brand to shine. I love telling those stories. One of the big shifts that we we made as a business happy to be and kind of like at the inception point for that was that every part of our customer of our business has an element of customer of customer involvement and therefore everything is called customer success so we don't have a development we don't have a deployment it's all part of customer success and it's this and it's a circle and the reason why is the story i always tell is have you ever been on the phone with a bank or an insurance company and what happens you get on nobody knows you you tell them the story you get transferred then you, you expect, like, oh, can I help you? Hey, did they pass on my note? So you've got to do it again. It's like, that's the, one of the worst customer experiences. And I've rarely spoken to somebody who hasn't experienced that in some point. So like for our customer successes, how we do that is like, if somebody gets in contact with us, everybody in the company either will know them or is within five seconds is able to get the details about the account, what they have, what they need and things like that. So. That was a really big part of that. Uh, so that's our internal thing. And again, thinking about that from our, from our customer's point of view, who, so we obviously, we are business to business, but obviously our customers are mostly business to consumer. And thinking about that in everything that we do, trying to design those customer journeys to make sure that it is as simple and as easy as possible. And if you were to look, you know, crystal ball a few years out what would you say you know how were specifically in e-commerce how would you imagine I mean, looking say three to five years out that kind of the future of customer experience in e-commerce would look like and i'm really fully expecting this i think that e-commerce will become a lot less self-service now there are certain things where i think it's completely relevant to self-serve online you know there, there are some commodities but i think if you've got a kind of like a, a technical product or something that requires some education i think that those there will be some big innovations over the next few years. I really do believe that. And just, just providing the correct assistance to, to that particular product, whatever it is, easily and make it more accessible, make it more, make it easier to find. So for instance, I've found some people have found some, whatever it is, some customer assistance, and they're still being hidden away somewhere in the website. Now, because of what they're afraid of is that they will be detracting or distracting the customer from actually shopping. But I think the recognition that in some some segments, the shopper actually can't really effectively shop on their own. So I, I really do think that there'll be a lot of customer assistance, obviously, not just what we do, but I think in many parts of that. So I think product finders are, are a big helpful thing right now. I mean, so for instance, you know, it's not our segment, but in bicycles. 
So I've seen that one of the companies we work with, so Sigma Sports in Germany, they've got many, many brands and they've got quite a few bike companies as well. So they actually bought a manufacturer, Wiggle, I think from the UK, even though the head office is German. And they've got some bike retailers as well. And that seems to be, obviously, there's been a big growth outdoor post-pandemic. People want to go out and access the countryside and get fit. And I think that's been a big explosion. We've seen some quite big innovation there as well. Bike finders, bike fitters, those kind of things. And I think that we will see that in, uh, much more across basically every segment. No, that's really interesting. Um, I guess just to kind of, as, as a final question, Paul, to, to you for today, you know, you work with a lot of amazing brands and you obviously kind of see a lot of amazing brands. We always like to ask everyone who comes on the podcast, uh, who would you say if, you, if there was one brand that you would really admire from a, I guess, a user customer experience point of view, who would you say it would be and why? Interestingly, so obviously I'm, it's a loaded question for me. I'm going to say the people, I'm always impressed with brands when they make that logical leap and then start approaching us and they start thinking about how do I interact with my customers better? I mean, in a more kind of like organic and more helpful way. So anybody that's worked, worked with us, I mean, for instance, we're about to launch tomorrow, probably our first true luxury brand, full luxury brand. So Santoni based out of Milan. That's a, that's a really very interesting business in terms of like global brands for, for, an, for us. Obviously our dream customer is Nike because they're just the biggest shoe brand in the world. We're, we're always speaking about it. Whenever anybody's comparing something to something, the inception point is often, is often Nike. Nike seems to be in a quite a luxury, luxurious position where people, people are looking to buy their products. So it, that's, uh, there's like how much ex- extra assistance do they actually need? Cause their business is growing. we kind of almost regardless of what they do. So, you know, for, for, I think for anyone in the footwear industry, I think it would be, I think it would probably be, it could be Nike or Adidas. They're the, they're the big two. So that would be our, our dream customer. So for instance, we're in a fortunate position. So we're about to be launching a footlocker, uh, across the, right across the Middle East. And the Middle East seems like it to be a really terrific. That's going to be a, a brilliant market for us. Educated shoppers, smart shoppers, wealthy shoppers, tech savvy shoppers who are looking for that extra customer service. So I think that's going to be a, a really interesting market for, for the footwear industry. We're really looking forward to that. Well. Paul, it's been, it's been fascinating having you on the podcast today. I've really enjoyed this. If I had to summarize, and there've been so many amazing things that we've talked about, I think the three takeaways that, that I would take away for any kind of growing brand listening to this today is, you know, make it easy to buy. The future is less self-service, which is interesting because, because that's not what a lot of people are saying today, but, but really kind of resonates well with, with, with what we're hearing from our customers. And I think the last thing is just the amazing opportunity for growth. We're obviously in a challenging time right now. E-commerce has boomed through COVID and is plateauing, I guess, a little bit right now. But I think you know, it's interesting to hear from you, you know, the, the massive potential for growth, especially in the footwear industry. So Paul, thank you so much for having you on again today and hopefully we can welcome you back soon. Thanks, Chris. The e-commerce customer experience podcast is brought to you by Digital Genius. Digital Genius uses cutting-edge AI technology to streamline response times for support tickets. The platform allows for flexible integration into existing systems and control over your processes, while significantly improving key performance metrics. To find out more about Digital Genius and how our intuitive platform combines AI, integrations and workflows to make your customers, team and mailbox happy, head to digitalgenius.com. Also, make sure to search for e-commerce customer experience in Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts or anywhere else podcasts are found. On behalf of the team here at Digital Genius, thank you for listening.